Hello, and welcome to the Confident Sober Women podcast. I'm your guide, Shelby John. I'm the mother of three, wife to one, and sober since July 1st, 2002. As sober women, we have something huge in common. And when we share our lives and our stories with each other, we feel that sense of belonging and connection so we know we are no longer alone. In this podcast, you will hear real-life talk about building confidence and transforming your life beyond recovery. So come on, let's talk. Hey there, Sober Ladies. I'm so glad you're here with me today. And we are diving into a little bit of a big feelings topic, right? Because this holiday season is often filled with joy, peace, spirituality and generosity, right? It's time for family and friends to come together, share meals and gifts and laughs together. Hashtag I love Christmas, followed by the blowing kiss emoji. Are you sensing my sarcasm here? So yes, there are a lot of those things going on, but often there are a ton of feelings during this time of year And grief is a delicate topic. That's why I wanted to share this very special episode with you today. It's a little bit longer than our normal episodes because I'm sharing the very special expert training that I hosted in my Sober Freedom Inner Circle because I really wanted to be able to include all of you in part of this. For some reason, the audio of her training is cutting in and out in some places. I guess her Wi-Fi was a bit glitchy. So please bear with us and just listen to the message as best as you can through the in and outs. This training is done by my friend and colleague, Stacey Mintz, and it was for the Sober Freedom Inner Circle members because every month I bring in a special guest to train my members on a very specific topic. And then I share the first part of that training here on the podcast and save the super juicy stuff for the members only. If you'd like to learn more about the Sober Freedom Inner Circle membership, there's a link in the description below with all the details. This entire six-week period is marked with parties and holiday traditions, decorating, and lots of sugar, right? But for some people, it's not. The holiday season brings thoughts of grief and sadness, loss and fear, sometimes feelings of financial insecurity, feelings of not being enough, loneliness, and even despair. You miss the loved ones that have gone before you. You think of how things used to be or how you wished they would be. You miss drinking and using. I think this is happening even more in 2020 because so much has changed this year. We've had a lot of loss this year, right? Even if it isn't through death, but the grief is for real. Your brain can go down this rabbit hole and before you know it, you're drowning in a pool of self-pity. And then the negative thoughts start coming and it's really tough to stop them. Things like, why am I so messed up? What did I ever do to deserve this? Why can't I just drink like normal people? How will I ever be able to handle holiday parties and family get-togethers without drinking? I'm such a failure. No one cares about me. I can't be fun if I'm not drinking. These lies can be subtle, like a soft whisper, just tapping you on your shoulder, saying, hey there, I'm here, you want to hang out? 
Or they can come crashing down like a giant wrecking ball, taking out a dilapidated old building to make room for a Whole Foods market. You've been taken out. You're smashed. You're laying on the floor at the bottom of a dark pit, begging for a life rope to save you. And alcohol was your friend, your confidant, a savior in your view, the glue that was keeping you together. No matter how sober you are, that loss can still hurt like the loss of your best friend because it's grief. Acknowledging this fact is a great first step towards enjoying the holiday season despite the loss. Allowing yourself to notice the feelings you have when you think about the loss of your glue. How about creating a feelings jar where you can write down everything that's going on with you and kind of dump it into that jar All the feelings that you have during the season, whenever they come up, there's real healing in the symbolic act of writing something down and then putting it away. Look for opportunities to start new traditions with people you care about. Maybe a special gathering of sober friends before the big events to share your thoughts. Maybe a day trip with your family to a play or a museum or a new restaurant. Obviously, this year, things look a little bit different, so it's a great opportunity to start new traditions and get really creative about how you can share time with others in a COVID-cautious way. Make sure you tell someone about your feelings. Find an actual real friend, a trusted advisor or a coach, and share those feelings, and then listen to the validation that you receive from them. In the grief we have over alcohol, There is hope in recovery. And now I'm going to turn you over to Stacy for a very special training. Enjoy. So welcome everybody in the Sober Freedom Circle, Inner Circle. I'm so glad that you guys are here. We have our special um, guest expert today, Stacy Mintz, to be with us to share about unresolved grief in recovery. And this is a concept that I think is not discussed enough and it certainly isn't something that I think any of us are really taught. So I really wanted to have her on because she's an expert in this area. Stacy has been a wonderful mentor to our group. She's been a guest expert with us before talking about a different topic and now she's back to share her expertise. She's been in recovery for 25 years and she was worked in treatment centers in the past and she's currently a psych assistant and has a private practice. Her niche is really working with people who have some long-term sobriety, usually closer to 10 years, and are really ready to go into that deeper level of work, kind of the stuff that we talk about in the inner circle as well. She also teaches meditation on a regular basis, and today, like I said, she's going to be covering unresolved grief. I feel like this is often a misunderstood concept, but it really is a natural part of life, and it doesn't only apply to death. I think that's what we normally think of, but she's going to dive into all of her content now. I'm just going to turn it over to her and let her take it away for us. So Stacy, you're on. Hi, good to be here. And I'm happy to be talking about this topic. Uh, This is a topic that's near and dear to my heart for a number of reasons. Uh, One is, is that uh, like with said, I have been in recovery for 25 years. I am an active member of a 12-step program. And what I've realized through the years is that even though for me, I'm still an active member of a 12-step program, 
Uh, I know a lot of people are not just through my years and working with treatment, having a private practice, working with lots of people who are recovering in one way or another from uh, alcoholism, addiction, other kinds of um, codependency, just all kinds of, you know, either substances or behaviors that, that um, aren't working for us, right? So I know that whether you're in a 12-step program or not, that in order for most people to be successful in having a new way of life and being able to change that pattern, we have to be treating it on all levels, meaning the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical level. And so for me, I found that in 12-step, and I know that other people also do too and other people find that in other ways right um, but that for sure what I have found is that people are the most successful when they're treating their addiction alcoholism you name it on those levels and so for me my experience my personal experience was is that at around 10 years um, in recovery uh, I started to have some really strange symptoms and I started to feel a little hopeless, a little helpless in my life. I had uh, done all the things that, uh, that one does when they are, you know, newly, uh, newly sober, meaning all the stuff about getting to be a productive person. You know, I went back to school, I got a job, I started to have better relationships. I did all the things right that we're supposed to do, right? So for me, that also meant I went to meetings, I had a sponsor, I was working steps, I also had some therapy. I also, you know, by that time, I was a homeowner. And so I felt like I had checked all the boxes, right, in terms of like, you know, how to be a successful adult. And yet, I wasn't happy. And I also was having some real trouble coping. There, there were some things in my life where I felt like my world was falling out from under me. And I also felt a lot of shame about that because I was used to, uh, and I think this is really important, is that I was really used to getting to action when things felt not so good. I had gotten the habit from, you know, being in recovery for over 10 years of not paying that close attention to every thought or feeling that I had. And I was so used to when something felt icky, I would do something. I would go to a meeting. I would reach out to someone else. I would be of service in some way. I would do an action, take an action step. And those were all things that I was taught that worked, right? It got me out of myself. For sure, uh, the, uh, especially in the, in the sort of like the disease concept of alcoholism and addiction is that, you know, the core of that disease is self-centeredness. And so I was taught that I should not overindulge in my thoughts or feelings. And so I found myself in a storm and thought I was doing something wrong, you know, that I had somehow missed 
an important instruction. And what I realized later is that I was grieving. I had all this unresolved trauma and grief that I had thought I resolved, to be honest with you. I, I talked about it a little bit in therapy. I had a support group of friends. I for sure had come a long way in terms of not letting, you know, that sort of trauma define me. But what I had not realized is that I had never really grieved it. Uh, so much of my life was about not being a victim, uh, you know, doing the next right thing, that I had really thought about people who, mm, you know, talk about their trauma, talk about their grief. I I looked at that as a negative. I was, I was treating that like a defective character. And so for me, it was really a long road, but the real core of what was happening is, is that I had some really deep, painful loss, grief that I had not really acknowledged, you know, and so and so for me, what it looked like was um, always trying to guess what normal was. It meant keeping myself, it looked like keeping myself really busy, busy to the point where I never had time to feel my feelings. I was just doing one thing to the next. And if one thing ended, I started something new. It also looked like this just chronic feeling of something's not right like a hole, you know, it didn't matter if it was, uh, if I was around him or them or got the job that I wanted, then every accomplishment, there was still something that felt like it was missing. And I felt so much shame and guilt about that. I thought, I truly felt like I just wasn't grateful that I was chronically unhappy and dissatisfied. I really thought that I was just one of those people that just could never be happy, you know, that I just, it was never enough. And at first, that was what I worked to change, to just be grateful, to put on a smiley face, to try to sort of bypass those feelings. And so, Of course, I am not someone who uh, learns from other people's mistakes, unfortunately. So I had to make a lot of my own. I had to do a lot of fumbling. And it took me a long time to be able to learn how to grieve and learn how to honor, you know, my losses, even when it doesn't look like a loss that, from death. So interestingly enough, flash forward to, um, you know, a few years after those initial crises that uh, led me to kind of an undoing that then, of course, led to a awakening and really a new life is I started professionally uh, facilitating grief groups. And those grief groups uh, were um, through a local hospital where I live. And 
these eight-week grief groups were geared towards uh, specifically for people who had lost a loved one through death. And I was a facilitator for a long time. I did two groups a week, back to back. Most of the people were there to grieve uh, the loss of a loved one through death. Every once in a while, there would be someone that would come in who was there uh, usually on the advice uh, of a sponsor or a therapist uh, or some sort of professional caring person in their life that, that would tell them, you have unresolved grief. And the kinds of losses that they were there to grieve were things like a death of a loved one from 25 years ago. Mm, miscarriages, even loss of relationships, like divorces, uh, best friends, even changes in life, going from being a working person to retired, financial losses. These were all grief that we have, that we experience, that may not have all the same symptoms of the grief that we feel the morning that we do when we lose someone through death, but there's a lot of similarities. And oftentimes people will know deep inside, they, they don't really know exactly what that means, but people will a lot of times know that there's something inside where they're grieving. And so, so for me, Interestingly enough, my experience was that I was facilitating grief groups along around the same time that my marriage ended. And it was like a lifeline for me. Even though I was a facilitator, there was something about being in these groups where we were talking about grief every week, grief was being normalized, where I was able to really relate, really relate on a very deep level. And then around the same exact time, interestingly enough, my own mom passed away. And so here I was, um, you know, sort of relating to grief in the context of childhood traumas. And then I had some real in the moment grief. And so I had. The, the my divorce and then a death of a parent unexpectedly and I started to really recognize how many similarities there are between the grief now of course that is grief is going to be determinant on each person each person's relationship to the person who they were where they're at in their life of course uh, you know every loss is going to be different because every single relationship is different. What something means to me might be some different than what it means to you. But I, I kind of, I found through those three very different and unique experiences that all involve grief, how really the way that I treat them, how I treated them with myself and now how I look at them as a professional, as an expert, is very much the same. And so that was 
a really defining moment for me to be able to start to really honor, honor the grief. And, and because I didn't have anyone at the time that really um, could tell me or explain to me what I was going through, and it was kind of a taboo topic, I didn't know how to talk about it, it's become really important for me to be really open about it and to be really open about how, you know, our lives can look really great on the outside and we can feel like we're falling apart on the inside. And sometimes depression and anxiety, uh, we label that as depression and anxiety and really it's grief. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that from, um, from just a, you know, a, a real practical uh, perspective, but I really wanted to first kind of tell you my story and just um, sharing that, you know, I, I've been there and I continue to be there. I think that as a human being, I know for myself, I'm always cycling in and out through grief. Uh, I think for people who've had deep losses in their life, we know that grief is not, you know, we don't get over, you know, grief is not something you get over. Uh, you learn to live with, uh, you can find, I can find meaning in my life, find sort of a new normal, but a lot of the same losses that I'm speaking about, I wouldn't say that I'm over them. I'm saying I'm recovering from them in the same way that I'm recovering from addiction. So with that being said, I'm going to kind of segue into the, the next part where I'm going to talk a little bit from a more professional perspective. And that's where we are going to end with the training with Stacy. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you want the rest of the training, join the Sober Freedom Inner Circle now, and you will have access to every guest expert's full training once a month, as well as access to my coaching once a month as well. Happy holidays to all of you. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Confident Sober Women. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit the subscribe button above so you won't miss any upcoming episodes. And hey, if you really loved it, leave me a review. You can learn more about the Sober Freedom Inner Circle membership at www.shelbyjohncoaching.com forward slash inner circle. See you next time.